Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 306 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm really, really excited about this episode today. And listen, this episode is going to be a little bit more like a masterclass. So you might want to come back to this a second time, especially if you are walking the dog or doing the dishes or commuting, you might want to come back and listen with a pen and paper because I think I'm going to share a lot of things where you're like, oh, I want to make sure I come back to that one or that I remember that. Um, This is going to be a super practical episode, and it's actually an accidental follow-up to an episode I did back in February of this year on how to love yourself well. So I talk a lot about on that episode about how self-love is kind of like a little bit fluff, a little bit like, but what does it actually mean? And also kind of the wrong word. So if you're like, do I love myself? Or how do I know if I love myself? Or do I need to love myself first before I can love someone else before someone else can love me? And you kind of have those thoughts going through your head, make sure you listen to that episode. It's episode number 302. It's like three or four, I guess four episodes ahead of this one. So on your podcast player, look for that. It's called how to love yourself well, my four part framework. It's gonna be a really, really great episode. You don't need to listen to that before you listen to this one, but they do go together. And the reason why they go together is because boundaries is the application of self love, right? So self love is a lot of things, right? It can be very superficial things like getting massage or buying yourself flowers. I mean, those aren't really superficial things, but they can be the things that we think about, right? Like from Instagram or whatnot. Also in my framework, I talk a lot about how to relate to yourself and how to deal with challenging emotions and situations. And that all relates to self-love as well, right? But you can do all that stuff. But if you still let people walk all over you or you say yes, when you really want to say no or whatever, it's only going to have so much of an effect because boundaries is the application of self-love. 
right? It's how you apply like, hey, I'm actually worth saying no. My time, my energy, my emotions, my whatever, it's worth you know, me saying no so that I can have some boundaries around protecting my energy, protecting my time either for myself or for people that I want to invest my time, energy, resources, whatever in. So we're going to talk all about that. Before that, just a few announcements. As always, the first thing is I so appreciate your ratings and reviews for this podcast wherever you listen. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple or Stitcher, you can leave reviews in all of those places. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you're not sure how to leave a rating or review. It should be fairly easy, although I think Stitcher can be a little complicated. You might actually have to go to online. You may not, may not be able to do it from the app. You used to not be able to. I don't know if you can now. Either way, if you need help leaving a review, just send me an email, support at veronicagrant.com. My assistant Jess can help you or send me a DM. I'm Veronica E. Grant on Instagram. I will happily help you You know, leave a rating or review. It really helps me to organically grow the show and I just really, really appreciate it. And I said this in last week's episode, I just want to mention it again. I am recording this episode mid-March. I have no idea what the world is going to be like by the time you listen to this. I'm always so paranoid about recording episodes too far in advance, especially when it just feels like ever since 2020, like the world has been a total shit show. And like one month from now, who the hell knows what's going to be going on. So if this sounds tone deaf, if there's anything you know going on, first of all, I apologize for that. Um, the second thing is, and this will apply no matter what's going on because I know that, you know, a few weeks from now, not everything is going to be sunshines and roses and butterflies. Protect your energy, right? You don't need to sit there and look at 24-hour cycle news. You don't need to look at traumatizing picture or video after traumatizing picture or video. But I don't want you to numb out and to check out because it's all too much. You know, um, it is a lot. And again, you don't have to doom scroll or whatever all those you know, new phrases are that, you know, we created over ever since the pandemic. So learn, be an engaged citizen, do what you can to help, whether it's sending 50 cents to a refugee organization, whatever it is, and then, you know, protect yourself. So go to sleep, take a nap, read a book. I know that it can feel really complex, like, oh my God, I'm watching something stupid on Netflix when there's like friggin' bombs going off. I know that it's really hard and can be very confusing and it can feel so petty. But remember that, you know, you and your needs and your emotions matter and you don't have to make yourself suffer just because there's other suffering in the world. There's always been suffering in the world. So be a good citizen. Don't check out, but also like, you know, protect yourself and it's it's okay to take some some breaks. All right. So like I said, this episode is an accidental follow-up to episode 302, where I talked about my framework on self-love slash how to love yourself well. It's also a great follow-up from the episode last week, 305, where my caller Aaron was on the show about having done so much work, but still meeting a bunch of men that weren't emotionally available. And as a result, where that really where that conversation really went was having boundaries rather than walls. And so Again, you don't need to listen to episode 302 or 305 first, but they will be great episodes to listen to. One, 302 will be great, like as I said, to actually kind of get a framework for self-love so that it feels like applicable and doable and not some pie in the sky thing that you should be feeling all the time. And then episode 305 is a really great episode for you so you can see how boundaries will actually work, you know, in real time as you're actually dating. 
So with that, let's go ahead and get started. And what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to start with 10 things that I want you to know about boundaries. I was going to call this episode 10 things I love about boundaries, you know, but I I don't know, not every person listening here is a child of the 90s. So I decided not to. Um, But I'm going to talk about 10 things about boundaries that I just want you to know that I think are important as you begin to implement and apply them in your life. So the very first thing is boundaries are kind. I think that as women, when we were girls being raised as girls, we were taught the value of being nice, right? But being nice is not the same thing as being kind. Sometimes being nice has more of a connotation of, you know, being well-liked and being likable and being palatable and helping other people without really regard to if that serves you or if you're able or willing or whatever. So being nice is like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it has that kind of tone, that kind of connotation to me. Whereas being kind is actually, I'm going to be a no for that. I can't commit to that. I can't do that for you. So boundaries are kind. Number two, boundaries may be hard at first, especially if you have codependent tendencies, enmeshment tendencies, or people-pleasing tendencies. And that's because for a number of reasons, a couple of them being one, it's just a friggin' habit and habits are hard to change. And the other thing is that your identity may be rooted around helping others. Now, here's the thing. I sometimes get pushed back, but Veronica, I really like to help people. I really care about other people. That is great. And I'm not trying to change you. I'm not trying to tell you that you can't help people or that you have to be like a stone cold bitch and not care about others. What I am saying is you are not here in service of others at the expense of you and your well-being, your well-being physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You can be kind, you can be compassionate, and you can care deeply without being enmeshed, without being a people pleaser, and you can do those things that are in integrity to you. The third thing I want you to know about boundaries is I want you to be weary of people who tell you they need you or can't live without you. Now, I'm not talking about little kids here because that's kind of a contract you signed up for by bringing them here into this world. I'm talking about partners, friends, people like that who tell you they need you, even parents, or they can't live without you. That's a problem. And that's mainly a problem because that's a sign they have no boundaries. They have no responsibility for their potential actions or their choices or their behaviors or even their feelings or emotions. And then they put that all on you. That is a quick trip to, I mean, toxicity for sure. It's a quick trip to just controlling nature. It can be incredibly unhealthy, potentially even abusive, um, depending on the exact nature that we're talking about. I think sometimes we can get drawn up in like the whole like, oh, they can't live without me thing. Like, oh, that's true love because it's very fairy tale esque right? Um, But again, that's fairy tale. That's not really real life. And, you know, as I talked about in my book and everything, fairy tales were written by the patriarchy. Like it's a patriarchal product, right? Like it's not really true that like relationships or quote unquote true love is like this whole idea of like can't live without you. To me, that just feels like red flags all over the place around just having no boundaries, which is going to be a recipe for, at the very least, a not so great relationship. I've already said this before, the fourth thing, but I'll say it again, boundaries are the application of self-love. 
right? So like, you can do all of these wonderful things for you. You can have like your meditation practice and your journaling practice and do your inner child work and da 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 da. But then like, if you still accept crap from other people or try to justify it or say yes, when you mean no, or whatever it is, it's not that you don't love yourself or it negates all the other work that you've done, but it's just not necessarily going to have the effect that you're looking for, right? Like I get a lot of clients telling me I have the awareness and like I've really grown a lot and I feel really differently about myself. But when push comes to shove, like in the real world, you know, things are still shit. And boundaries are really a big part of that, right? Okay, number five, this might be a tough pill to swallow. When you have no boundaries, you are lying and you are out of integrity with yourself and possibly the other person too. Now, I know some people are like, Veronica's calling me a liar. Look, I'm not telling you or calling you a liar in the sense that I'm like judging you for it. I'm just telling you like it is. You know what I mean? If you say yes when you really mean no, how is that not a lie, right? Or when you pretend to be okay with something, when you really need something from the other person or when something's really not okay, you're out of integrity and you're lying potentially to the other person, but you're definitely lying to yourself. And listen, no judgment, no shame. I did this over and over and over and over and over again, right? I talked a lot about this in the book. Like I wanted, um, especially that second person that I was dating when I was living over in, in Israel, I really wanted that person to like, I wanted that person to be my boyfriend. Like I wanted to have that official status. And he was like, I don't believe in labels or whatever. And I pretended to be okay with that because otherwise I would have to leave, right? If I wasn't okay with that, because that would be a direct conflict. And so I pretended to be okay. So I was lying to him, but I was also lying to myself. I remember telling my friends about this, about how like I was convincing myself that I was okay because about that, because I was also not into labels and I thought it was lame and like, you know, part of the the system that I want to be a part of, but it was total bullshit. I mean, look, people can have those opinions, people can have whatever opinions they want. But for me, that wasn't true. I was just pretending like it was true. So that I could justify why I was staying in this so called relationship. So when you have no boundaries, you are out of integrity, and you are lying either to yourself or to the other person. And I don't need to go into how being out of integrity or lying is just not a great foundation for a relationship, right? Okay. The sixth thing I need you to know about boundaries is your boundaries may be more rigid at first when you're first learning how to implement them, when you're getting practice at it, and you can soften as you go. Not soften in the sense of like you'll let more things slide, but you know, sometimes things are not necessarily black and white and there's a nuance and you're like, well, I'm not really sure, right? If this is going to be okay with me or not, right? But when you're new at setting boundaries, I always err on the side of no versus like, eh, or yes, because again, it's a new experience. And if you say yes, when you're really not sure about something, then you're just more likely to get talked into something or kind of just pulled into something you don't really want to be a part of or be in. And so I'm always a big fan of being way more rigid at first. And then once you become more comfortable with boundaries, and you get more clear on what it is that you need, don't need, want, don't want all of that kind of stuff. Then you can be a little bit more fluid and say, well, this will actually work for me now. But you know, maybe in a week or two, you'll change your mind, it doesn't work for you. And you can feel confidence, you know, fluctuating between, you know, some different answers or different things that you need or don't need from yourself or in your relationships and and whatnot. So again, I suggest being more conservative, saying no more when you're not sure at first, and then you can move into some of those more nuanced boundaries, more nuanced conversations around your boundaries um, as you get more comfortable. And to go along with that, 
Number seven, the seventh thing I need you to know is your boundaries will change, right? They'll change because your preferences change. They'll change because you learn more about what you need or what you don't need or what you want or what you don't want. They'll change based on what your energy is, right? I always like to think of like your energy as like a bank account. How much you got in the account, (laughs) right? If you're like a little low or maybe in debt, then you don't have a lot of energy. And so you might be saying more no's than you normally would, even if it's something you would normally say yes to, right? So your boundaries will change based on the season of life that you're in, based on like the literal season. You know, I have, I remember I had a rule when I was in college. I always like went out. I never really loved it. I just was always more of a homebody. I just wanted to hang out with a few people, but I went out because I quote unquote felt like I should and all my friends were doing it, blah, blah, blah. But one thing I really hated about going out in the winter was when it was just so cold. And so I just made a rule with myself. Like if if it was below 32 degrees, like I was always going to be a no, right? And so when my friends were getting together or doing something, like sometimes I would be a yes because it would be 45 degrees outside. But then the second it got to be 31, 30 degrees, I just became a no. And I just, you know, became okay with that, right? So your boundaries will change depending on many, many things. And that's okay. Uh, Some people who aren't comfortable with boundaries who are in your life may try to accuse you of quote unquote, changing your mind or changing or, uh, well, last week was okay. And now it's not or whatever. That's okay. And we'll talk a little bit more about how to deal with other people when you set boundaries in a moment. Um, But that's okay. You know, people are going to have what they're going to have. They're going to think what they're going to think. And again, part of the boundaries, we'll get to that conversation in just a moment. Okay. The eighth thing I need you to know about boundaries is that setting boundaries at first will be hard, especially when there weren't boundaries before. You might be called selfish. You might be called mean. You might be called a bitch. These things are normal reactions from other people who aren't used to boundaries, but just please know that they aren't true. I think as women, we have been brainwashed into believing that martyrdom or selflessness is like of the highest virtue. And because women are raised like that, I often think that boys who become men are raised to believe then that women are supposed to be selfless or like martyrs and that is tied to their, you know, their value or their worth. Not friggin' true. I can't tell you how many times, like, you know, with obituaries or eulogies, um, you know, about women who have passed on. And so often it's about like their selflessness. And and look, I know those people mean well who are either writing those things or saying those things, but I really just want to encourage you to unhook yourself from that. Right? Like, again, like I said earlier in this episode, you are not here to serve others. That can be part of your purpose. That can be part of your passion, helping others, um, making the world a better place, making your community a better place for sure. But like, that is not who you are. And it's not supposed to be at the expense of, of you. So when you do set boundaries with someone who is not used to having boundaries with you, it feels a little bit like a power grab. And let me explain it. I usually talk about this when I'm on a video call with a client and you can't see me. So I'm going to try to do my best to explain the visual. But if you if you think about it, like if there's, let's say you're in a relationship with someone or even a friendship with someone and you're kind of a people pleaser, right? And so you're always trying to accommodate them or help them or help them feel better or even take care of finances for them. They have more power in the relationship than you, right? If you have more of the people pleasing role, they have more of the power, right? And so it, so in that sense, they are above you, right? They're not actually above you, but that's just what it feels like energetically. 
Once you start saying no, once you start setting boundaries or asking for what you need from the other person, then you're actually just lifting your power up to be equal with them. But it feels like to them that you're taking their power away from them. So it's just a matter of perspective. Do you know what I mean? And that's what can often create some of the defensiveness and some of the name calling and some of the like the what the hell esque behavior that they may react with or respond with when you are setting a boundary. And again, I'm going to talk to you in a moment about how to deal with that. But just know that this does not mean you are on the wrong track or doing something wrong if you do notice that you're meeting some resistance when you're setting some boundaries. And I'm also going to talk to you a little bit how to set yourself up for the best possible outcome. Um, Again, when you're setting boundaries with people who you've never had boundaries with or who aren't used to boundaries, who don't like boundaries, it may or may not be possible to have boundaries with them. Again, we'll talk about that in a moment, but just, you know, so you know, we're going to go there, but also just know that it'll probably be hard at first. Okay, the ninth thing that I need you to know, and this kind of piggybacks off what I was saying is when you start living a life with boundaries, you may have to let some people go. And this is hard. And you might even have to let some people go who mean well, right? You might just have like, for example, a friend who she means well, and you know, there's something she's not trying to be like this, but like she has no sense of boundaries and she just needs and needs and needs and needs and needs from you. And it just does not feel like an equal or equitable friendship at all. And you might just have to let that person go. And it doesn't mean she's a bad person or wrong or anything, but their lack of awareness can still create harm for you. So this is part of what's in the nature of setting some boundaries. And then the final thing that I want you to know about boundaries is Many people who can't respect your boundaries can't respect or don't respect themselves. And so when you have someone that's just really bumping up against, you know, you and really defensive and maybe even being a little bit mean about your boundaries, you can have compassion. It doesn't mean you have to date them. Doesn't mean you have to be friends with them. Doesn't mean you have to have them in a big part of your life, but you can still have compassion because if someone's really, really that averse to having boundaries. You know, they've got a lot of stuff going on and you don't have to fix it. You don't have to be their mom. You don't have to be their therapist. You don't have to be their coach, but you can certainly have compassion for them, even if it means you're going to, you know, maybe not have them in your life at all, or not as a big part of, of your life. Hey, I wanted to jump in here real quick to let you know that enrollment to my annual Love Incubator program is open. The Incubator is my one-on-one coaching program with a small group element. If you've been wanting to work with me privately but can't swing it financially, this could be the perfect option for you. And if you enjoy the group format, the Incubator is the best of both worlds. You get one-on-one coaching calls with me so we can go deep where you need to go deep. Plus, you get to be part of a small community of women, 10 women or less, who are doing the same work alongside you, who will support you, and you can also learn from too. This is the only time I'm running the incubator this year, so I really don't want you to miss out if it's pulling on your heartstrings. If you're interested in learning more, your next step is to head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. I've answered all your questions there, including info about dates, pricing, and how the program works. That's also the place to set up your incubator exploratory consult with me, where we'll chat and I'll help you figure out if the incubator is the next right step for you in your personal growth. Space is very limited, just to 10 women and spots are already filling. So if this is something that's resonating with you, I'd love to chat with you. 
Space is very limited, just to 10 women, so that I can give you my full attention and spots are already filling up. So don't delay and head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator to learn more and schedule your incubator exploratory consult. All right, back to the show. Okay, so now that we've gotten through that, I want to talk about four kinds of boundaries. I'm only going to deep dive into two kinds. The other two, I'll, I'll mention what they are, and then I'll give you a resource um, if you want to read a little bit more about them. And then I'm going to wrap up this masterclass with how to ask for your boundaries um, and enforce them. Or sometimes, again, that may not be possible, but we'll talk about that. Okay, so there's this book called Energetic Boundaries by Cindy Dale. Uh, I recommend it. I'm not going to deep dive into it too much. It is a really good book about boundaries. But what I do want to pull out is she divides boundaries into four kinds of boundaries, the four types. And I've kind of taken my own spin on a couple of them, but I still think they're good to think about um, and to kind of think about the different kinds of boundaries that you'll need to have in your life. So the first kind of boundaries are the physical boundaries, right? So this is physical safety. And, you know, this feels fairly straightforward. I'm not going to go too much into this because there's lots of different ways that physical boundaries can play out. Obviously, this refers to any kind of physical abuse, also physical safety. So like a physical boundary is like putting your seatbelt on, you know what I mean? Like, so it's it's things that we do to stay safe, to stay healthy, to stay, you know, as injury free as possible, things like things like that. The only thing I will say is that you know, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Never have to be shy about maintaining your physical boundaries, especially as it relates to online dating, right? So if someone's like asking for your bank account or trying to tell you about crypto or or Zelle or wants to meet you in your apartment or their apartment um, or wants to Facebook you or Instagram you, you never have to do anything that makes you feel like this person could potentially figure out where I live or where I work or where I am. Um, if you don't know the person, you don't have to share any of that kind of information. And this really falls into physical boundaries, in my opinion, because it's all about physical safety. So I never want you to feel like you have to apologize for it or feel shame around it. I know that's easier said than done. But just if you need permission, not that you need my permission, but if you need permission, or if you're looking for permission, here you go. Okay, the second kind of boundary, and again, I'm not going to go too much into this, because this is like a whole other topic um, that that Cindy talks about is spiritual boundaries. Uh, This really refers to religious guilt, shaming, 
um, religious intolerance, any kind of intolerance, actually. So any kind of guilt you might have around sex, especially as it relates to your religious upbringing, for example, any kind of shaming around your body, especially as it relates to any kind of religious upbringing, that's going to all be housed in the spiritual boundary category. Again, I'm not going to go too much into it, but I just want you to know and think about, yeah, like this is a boundary that you can have. You can certainly have your own spiritual beliefs, own spiritual practices without it getting impeded on what other people think God is or how to pray to God or what you have to do to be worthy of God or whatever it is, right? Okay, so the two other kinds of boundaries that I want to talk more about in this episode are emotional boundaries and relational boundaries. So we're going to talk about emotional boundaries first. And emotional boundaries are allowing other people to make you feel or believe certain things about yourself, or it's taking care of other people's emotions or feelings as if they were your responsibility or yours to fix. Now, to be clear, there is a lot, a lot of inner child wounding wrapped up in this, right? You know, when you were a kid and were learning how the world works, who you are, how to get love, safety, and belonging, depending on exactly what happened in your childhood, your emotions can be attached to other people approving you or acting in certain ways towards you, right? And I really do believe that when you are a kid, your parents really can make you feel or believe certain things. And in some respects, that's part of parenting, right? Like you want ideally a kid to feel good about themselves. And that's a parent's job to make them feel that way, right? But if there was any kind of unhealthy emotional issues going on or if your parents were emotionally immature or if there was any kind of emotional abuse or just toxic behavior, then you could have also been made to feel kind of crappy or not good enough or like something was wrong with you. And once you're an adult, whether or not your parents made you feel good things or quote unquote bad things, it can be a dangerous pattern to still have because that can lead to pretty toxic and really, I mean, horrible situations, or at the very least, just some codependency, people pleasing and enmeshment tendencies, right? So emotional boundaries are essentially getting clear on what you think or feel and responding accordingly, rather than letting someone else's emotions, feelings or beliefs dictate your actions. So if you have any kind of codependency tendencies with your parents, then you might be acting on their behalf. If you have any kind of codependency tendencies with your partner, you might be acting on their behalf, even with something that you not you don't really want to do or doesn't feel good for you. And this is where episode 302, the one where I talk about um, my loving yourself well framework will be really helpful. Um, even if you have listened to it, you might listen to it again. It's a great refresher because in that episode, I talk about how you can get clear on how you feel, what you think. Um, and then from there, you can take the next step that will help you to resolve whatever you're thinking or feeling and don't want to be thinking or feeling anymore. And I really like it because it's super tangible. It's not about like creating a 10 step plan or figuring out what the 10th step is. It's just like, what's the next thing I need to do? Right. And so that can often be like where the boundary comes in. But if you don't know what you think or feel or what it is that you need, then again, episode 302 will be a really great process for you to get clear on that. And then the last thing I want to say about emotional boundaries is that I tend to think of them as more on you. They're more of a one-way street, right? Because like if someone has that you're in partnership with or you're a friend with, or even, you know, if you're 
a child, like of, it's kind of hard to set a boundary that's an agreement where you're like, hey, can you not like be codependent with me? (laughs) Or hey, can you not put this emotional baggage on me, right? Because like they may or may not be available for that. And so we're going to talk about relational boundaries in a second, which are more two-way street boundaries. But I think of emotional boundaries where it's more on you, where you either have to like have this energetic bubble of protection where you're not going to let this person's feelings or beliefs affect you, or you might have to reduce how much you see this person or how much you talk to this person. So this is someone that you don't necessarily want to cut out of your life, like it's a parent, or like a best friend from like childhood, you might just want to compartmentalize them and only talk about certain topics with them, maybe only talk to them on the phone and actually see them or not go drinking with them or whatever. So you might want to set some boundaries or some compartmentalization around there. But it's really going to be more on you to do what you need to do to feel comfortable or to feel emotionally safe and and well cared for. Okay, so the second kind of boundaries that I'm going to dive into are relational boundaries. And I think of relational boundaries as actually agreements between two people. So they're two way streets. Now I just want to say a couple more things about boundaries. If you're not used to having boundaries or feel uncomfortable with them, you may have an unconscious, maybe a conscious belief that having boundaries drives a wedge between you and someone else. That's really common for people who have any codependent tendencies, enmeshment tendencies, and or people-pleasing tendencies. I can think of a lot of people in my life who think having no boundaries means you're close. Uh, And to me, that just sounds exhausting. Um, But, you know, I'm sure you can think of some of those people in your life, or maybe you are that person. Again, no shame or judgment, but you have to own where you are. And then from there, you can um, move to heal things, shift things, things like that. So relationship boundaries are what I call agreements. And I believe agreements create freedom to be who you are in a relationship and actually invite bonding. So I think it actually does the opposite of what we sometimes think can happen when we start having boundaries in a relationship. So just a very basic example that I think a lot of you can probably relate to. Many of you listening to this have a job, right? You have an agreement with your employer that you show up and you perform certain tasks and you get certain jobs done. And in turn, they pay you money, right for that job. Now, of course, I know there's like issues like maybe you're doing other people's jobs, maybe you're getting paid too little money, I get it. But the essence of it is true, right? You have an agreement between you and another individual or an entity. And that is what the agreement is. And imagine like if you didn't really have an agreement, and you had to like, literally show up and like fight to be paid every day. Like that would be friggin' exhausting. But now you can go into your job and you can do your job. And at the very least, you know, you're going to get a paycheck at the end of the pay period, right? So I think the more agreements you have with someone, we're talking about romantic partners here, or really just friendships as well, the more your relationship can flourish. So let me just give an example from my own life. After our baby arrived in 2020, after the immediate postpartum, you know, immediate postpartum, I'm like recovering from C-section. I'm like, you know, up at the baby all night, breastfeeding, da, da, da. So Stevie was basically doing everything, right? Okay, that's fine. But once we got over that fourth trimester period and we were moving into our our new normal, we had to kind of start readjusting life a little bit. And we actually had a lot of disagreements and really just straight up fights because Stevie was still doing a lot of the stuff. And I felt like I was doing a lot with the baby. And so we both felt like we were doing more than our fair share. So we sat down with a Google Doc and went through every single task that has to be done in the house and raising the baby and the dog and all that kind of stuff. And we agreed who was responsible for what. And we literally have it written down in a spreadsheet. 
Now, these are boundaries we have with each other. They are two-way street boundaries. They are agreements, right? And ever since we did that, we don't really fight that much about this stuff anymore because it's just crystal clear on who needs to do what. We both know what we need to do, what we're expected of each other. And if something doesn't get done, it's not a fight about, well, whose job was it? It's very clearly like, oh, I was supposed to do that. I didn't do that. I apologize. Or Stevie was supposed to do that. He apologized and we, he does it. And then we, and we move on. You know what I mean? And so because there are these crystal clear agreements that can always be shifted and renegotiated, of course, but because there are these crystal clear agreements that actually provide space for us to just like be romantic with each other and, you know, kind of get back into somewhat of a relationship before a baby came. I think there's a myth out there that relationships are just supposed to work or just supposed to be easy or that doing this kind of stuff takes the romance out of things. And I just think that's such bullshit. I think that's patriarchal brainwashing, right? Because what happens most of the time is when you just think, oh, relationships should just work. They should just be easy. And they should just, you guys should know each other and know what each other wants. I just feel like that's just a crappy excuse for the women to do everything and the men to get away with doing little to nothing. You know what I mean? So I think it's patriarchal brainwashing. So I think, in fact, I mean, I mean, think about it. If you are in a partnership with someone or married to someone or whatever, and there's always dishes in the sink and there's never food made, or there are not dishes in the sink, the place is crystal clean, And also there's food cooked, but you're exhausted because you're doing it all. Like there's just not going to be as much romance or sexy time or anything because either A, you're exhausted from doing it or B, you're just so pissed off at each other because you're just living in a shit show of a house. Do you know what I mean? And so I know I'm talking about, you know, more of an example of, you know, being in a committed partnership, especially when you're living with each other. But I think you can have different kinds of agreements for various stages of a relationship. Even if you're newly dating, I think you can have agreements around how often you see each other or what your communication is like, or whether or not you're exclusive, or if you're seeing anyone else or whatever it is, or agreements around physical intimacy, right? Like you can have these conversations and set these agreements um, with each other, right? And I think that again, like this just allows for so much more fun and freedom. Like imagine if you're you know, newly dating someone. And instead of like stressing about whether or not you're going to hear from them, you just have agreements around when you see each other, or you have agreements around how much you communicate, or you have agreements around how much money you each feel comfortable spending going on vacations together, or just going out together, or whatever it is, you're just going to feel not stressed about that. And that just is going to free your energy up so much more. Okay, so those are the four kinds of boundaries. And again, if you want to read a little bit more about it, again, Energetic Boundaries by Cindy Dale, I recommend. I took my own interpretation on relational and emotional boundaries um, and kind of just made my own spin on it. But I think, you know, the essence of what she says is still very true. And I mean, she goes really deep into it. So it depends how much you want to go into it, um, you know, or not. But what I want to spend now the rest of this episode slash masterclass doing is talking a little bit how to enforce the boundaries. Now, I know I just said the word enforce, but I want you to think of it more as upholding your boundaries, right? Because enforcement, I mean, to me, that just sounds like you're constantly having to defend yourself, to defend your boundaries, to defend your energy, to defend your needs and all that kind of stuff. And if that's the kind of relationship that you're finding yourself in, whether it's a romantic partner, a friendship, a relationship with a parent, then that's probably not a relationship that you're going to want to spend any time in or at least as little time as possible, 
right? Of course, upholding your boundaries is ultimately your responsibility, your job. But I also don't want you to feel like you're having to defend yourself at every turn because that's not really the point of boundaries either. Okay. So think of upholding rather than enforcing. And if you find yourself constantly having to enforce your boundaries, then you're going to need to probably either pull away or potentially have the person out of your life altogether. When you are wanting to have a conversation around your boundaries, around when either a boundary has been crossed or when you need to set a boundary, you want to focus on I feel statements and you want to focus on someone's behaviors or actions, not who they are as a person. So obviously you don't want to say things like you're being a jerk, you're being a dick or whatever, but even things that are like, you're always late, right? Is it true that they're late hundred percent of the time? I don't know. Maybe it is. But I think that kind of language isn't really conducive to being super productive, right? So let me give you a couple examples. When you are late, I feel unprioritized. When you are late, I feel like you don't care, right? So that's really what you want to go for. You want to go for a very specific action, talk about the specific action, how it makes you feel and what you want instead. Now, a couple of things, because again, like I know when I say this, it sounds, oh, this is great. I totally understand it. Now I'm going to set my boundaries. But like I said, up top in the episode, it may or may not always go that smoothly. And if we're talking about someone that you've had a prior relationship with, where there hasn't been boundaries, it probably won't go that smoothly. So a couple things about it. Number one, let people have their own reactions to your boundaries. Again, that brings us full circle back to the emotional boundary, right? If other people are having a bad reaction or they're going on the defensive or they think that you're being a bitch or you're being selfish or whatever, then you're just going to want to let them have their reaction. Because if you start trying to manage their reaction, then again, you're getting into like enmeshment codependency territory, and it's probably a game you're not going to be able to win regardless, right? So let people have their own reactions. Imagine your bubble, your bubble is your space, your emotions, your energy, and other people's bubbles are their space, their energy, their emotions. Your energy is good for you. Their energy is good for them, right? Okay. Now, if someone's repeatedly not respecting your boundaries or you're constantly having to defend them, like I was talking or enforce them, like I was talking about just a few minutes ago, you might just need to not have that person in your life anymore. Again, you can still have lots of compassion for that person. You might also just need to compartmentalize that person. So compartmentalization is kind of like this like nasty term, right? Like, oh, you're compartmentalizing your feelings. Well, sometimes that's necessary because you might not be able to have like an inner child work session in the middle of a work day when you're feeling like shit. You know what I mean? So sometimes compartmentalization is just fine. But another way you can potentially compartmentalize in a healthy way is, you know, let's say you have a BFF from like when you were 10 years old and like you just kind of grown apart. You're really into like being a better person and doing this inner work and like living this kind of life. And, you know, she's still, you know, dating a bunch of duds and just likes to complain about it and not like doesn't want to do anything about it. Do you know what I mean? You might not want to have deep conversations or even go to that person about your love life to ask for advice because like you're just going to get this old stuff that you're trying to move away from and unhook from thrown back in your face. So, Does that mean you have to cut her out of your life? I mean, if it's truly 
you know, becoming an energy suck, maybe, but also she could just be like what I call your drinking buddy. You know what I mean? Like she's someone you go out with, you have fun with, but you're not going to talk about deep stuff with. You're just going to talk about the latest thing that happened on The Bachelor or Love is Blind or like whatever. Do you know what I mean? That's totally fine. You're just putting her into like a little box that feels fun and feels safe for both of you. And you both get something out of the relationship. And she's just not really going to fulfill that part of you that likes to talk about relationships in this new, deeper kind of way. No harm, no foul, right? So and obviously, the third option is that you you know, the other person meets you where you are, you're able to set some sort of agreement. So you're getting into the relational boundary piece, and you can just move on, right? That's probably a little bit less likely to happen with someone that's been in your life for a long time, where there's been no boundaries, because again, there's that power deficit that they're not really going to feel very good about because you're going to, they're going to feel like you're taking their power away from you. Once you set the boundary, it's your job to uphold it, right? Like I've talked to a lot of clients who are like, well, I set the boundary and they just did this again. And it's like, okay, well, that's on you, right? Not that their behavior is your fault because nope, they're a grown adult. They can take responsibility for their own actions. But I mean, it's on you in the sense of like, are you still allowing that person in your life or have you compartmentalized them in a way that can finally feel safe? Do you know what I mean? Just because you set a boundary by no means is a guarantee that they're going to respect it or uphold it. That's on you to make it work for you. Okay. All right. We are at the end. This was a doozy of an episode. You might need to listen to it a couple times, especially if boundaries is something that's challenging for you. I hope you enjoyed this. Please let me know um, thoughts, any follow-up questions. I'm happy to do a second part. I feel like I could keep talking about this. There's just so much to say about boundaries. Maybe there will be a follow-up. Just let me know. Send me a DM, Veronica E. Grant, or send me an email, support at veronicagrant.com with just your insights, takeaways, ahas, questions, um, and we'll see about doing a potential follow-up in the next couple of months. That being said, working with a coach while you are working on your boundaries is a really, really great place to be. Because once you get to this, the stage of setting your boundaries and saying like, this is what I need, this is what I don't need, this is what I want, all that kind of stuff. That's when you're really getting into the action, right? So therapy can be a really great place to do some initial healing to do some initial awareness building so you can understand your patterns. But then often you'll get to this place of like, okay, now that I know these things, now how do I change it, right? And boundaries is really the place where you do that. So if you're looking for someone who you know, can help you do that and is specifically, you know, an expert in dating and relationships, then I might be your gal. Um, So right now I am enrolling for the Love Incubator. I am recording this um, episode a few weeks ahead of time. So I don't know exactly how many spots I'll have available. But if you are interested in working with me closely this year, and you want, you know, obviously lots of one-on-one time with me, but also within the context of a group of women who are going through the same things that you're going through and doing the same kind of work as you, um, then I encourage you to check out the Love Incubator. I only offer it once a year. So at the very least, I recommend just going to the information page, checking it out and seeing if it resonates. And if not, that's totally fine. And if it does, I would love to connect with you. So the link is veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. And that's the page where you'll find more information about how the program works, pricing, dates, all that kind of stuff. And there will also be a link to schedule your incubator exploratory call with me. This is a no pressure, no obligation call where we get to know each other and for you to be able to make a really confident choice as to whether or not this is the right fit for you, you know, 
or not. Uh, so again, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. And on that page as well, there are some videos and stories of people who have, you know, done this work before in the incubator so that you can kind of get a sense as to, you know, what what you can expect. I also had my client page on the podcast back in March. We'll put that link in the show notes. I forget what it was called or what episode number it was. I think it was probably 303-ish or so. It's a few episodes down. Just look for page. Um, and she talks about her experience and how she was really able to apply a lot of the work that she did in therapy to, you know, her love life so that things actually, you know, changed for her. So you can listen to that episode as well to give you a sense of, you know, how you can expect to grow and benefit and shift from this experience. So one last time, the link is veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. And again, if you are interested, please submit your exploratory application ASAP because we are closing enrollment soon. However, again, I am recording this ahead of time. So I don't know how many spots are available, if any at all, it does tend to fill up pretty quickly. So even if you're not 100% sure, but you're like 60% sure, 70% sure, get your application in so we can, you know, at least get on the phone and then we can have a conversation about whether or not it's the right fit for you. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you this week. Next week, I've got a great coaching episode for you about boundaries, managing anxiety, and how to not sabotage a finally healthy relationship. You're going to love it. So I will talk to you then. Don't forget, this is the only time this year I'm running the Love Incubator. So if you desire a deep transformation in your love life and want to work deeply with me, this is your opportunity. The Love Incubator is a four-month journey and immersion for women who are ready to dig deep and discover the art of finding love and a lasting, equal partnership in their life. In the Love Incubator, you'll have one-on-one coaching calls with me each month, plus a group check-in call so we can assess your growth and you can connect with other like-minded women who are on the same path as you. No longer will you feel alone or like you're the only crazy one. There's so much healing in that. So if you're ready to dig deep, grow massively, and have me hold your hand throughout the process, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator to learn more about the program and to schedule an incubator exploratory session with me so that we can see if the love incubator is right for you. Again, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. Just a reminder, I'm only accepting 10 women so that I can give every woman the attention she needs and spots are already filling and I expect the rest of the spots to fill rather quickly. So again, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.